Hello, welcome back to the Equippers International Podcast short version where we are in the book of Hebrews. And today we're in Hebrews chapter 4. I'm going to read verses 12 and 13. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Now, it's a very popular verse, verse 12. It's an interesting verse and one that is quoted a lot in Christian circles. I want to take a look at it in its specific context. As I've spoken about before, you know, the richest meaning of any scripture comes as we understand it first in the context in which it was given. I believe the scriptures were first and foremost meant to mean what they meant for the initial readers. And what is meaningful to them, in turn, is meaningful to us. So that's why we have to do due diligence. So we always have to be careful and understand that we don't have the privilege to take Scripture and then apply it to a different context and say that this is why it was written. Now, I know that this may open up a discussion on biblical prophecy, and I'm not going to go into that here. Perhaps at another time we can spend some time talking about that. But for now, I simply want to interpret Hebrews 4.12 first in its context and as it relates to entering the rest, because that's exactly what the writer's talking about. He spent the entire chapter talking to his readers about the rest and how important it was for them to enter the rest and I believe how important it is for us to enter the rest. I also want to point out a little phrase in verse 9 I didn't point out yesterday. He says, So there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. So that tells me he's not just speaking about the salvation event where an unbeliever is encouraged to enter into salvation through faith and be at rest and not think it's through works. But it's an actual ongoing lifestyle. It's for the people of God that God is offering this Sabbath rest. Of course, we're saved by faith, but we're also called to remain in faith. And doing so brings this deep and abiding rest in our souls. We have an assurance and a confidence that God has nothing against us and that we do not have to do anything to earn his love and approval. We simply rest in what Jesus has done to make all this possible. This is exactly what the writer is saying to the Hebrew believers, and I believe it's exactly what God is saying to us today. And with all this said, he strongly encourages us to be diligent to enter this place of rest. And we spoke about our diligence in the previous episode. Then he makes this statement in verse 12. I'll reread it. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. This is a great verse, and it's full of meaning and significance. Obviously, it's in the context of speaking about the process that happens in the life of the believer in order to help us enter and remain in the rest. The Word of God pierces through, and it makes a distinction between what is in our soul and what is in our spirit. The author's not promoting what some would call dualism. Dualism would say that man is made up of many different parts, and those parts are separatable, if you can put it that way. 
But that is not true. Man is one, but he also has many different aspects. We're not divided in our being any more than God is not divided in his being. I believe this has a lot to do with what it means for us to be made in his image. The writer is saying that there are parts of us that the word of God cuts into so there can be a distinction between what is of the soul and what is of the spirit. Now, this reminds me, for example, with Peter and his experience with Jesus in Matthew 16. I'm not going to go back and read that passage, but you remember the story where Jesus asks his disciples, who do men say that I am? And Peter makes his confession of Jesus. And Jesus says, you're blessed because my Father in heaven revealed this revelation to you. So Peter had an experience through which the Father, by the Spirit, revealed something to him. And then just a few verses later, when Jesus starts talking about him going to Jerusalem and suffering and being crucified, Peter steps in and opposes him. And Jesus makes this statement, get thee behind me, Satan. And then he says, Peter, you have your mind set on the things of men and not on the things of God. So in a few short verses, Peter goes from a spiritual experience to a carnal, soulish experience, all because of where his mind is set, his thoughts and his intentions. Paul talks about this throughout the whole book of 1 Corinthians. The same phenomenon in the lives of believers in Corinth. They were believers, they were saints, they had the gifts, they were born again, but they were also carnal, soulish in their thinking. And as a result, they experienced continual strife, division, and conflicts. So Paul reminds them about the activity of the Spirit of God in chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians that searches them and reveals to them the correct way of thinking, that the Spirit actually gives them God's thoughts. And they're not to operate purely out of their souls. So the active mechanism in the process is the Word of God. Now, I want to make a couple comments about the Word of God, and then we're going to wrap this episode up. From a historical perspective, things shifted significantly after the Great Reformation in the 16th century. At that time, a great focus was put by Martin Luther and the Reformers on the written Bible. There's a lot of background to this I'm not going to go into. But the written Bible then became synonymous with the Word of God. But this was not the case for the 1,500 years prior to the Reformation. During that time, there was much more emphasis on the Word of God being the incarnate Word, Jesus. This is exactly what John says in John 1.1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Then in verse 14 in John chapter 1, he says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. This is the classical Greek word logos, and this is exactly the same word in Hebrews 4.12, logos. Many people believe and have been taught that this word in Hebrews 4.12 is raymon, that it's some kind of different meaning of the word. It's not. It's the same word logos. So the writer of Hebrews says the word of God is living and active. So when Christians considered the word of God, they were speaking about the reality and the activity of the life of Christ working within them. And we know that this happens now through the activity of the Spirit of God within us. Without the reality and the presence of the life within us, the book we call the Bible is powerless. 
It's just words written on a page. I don't mean that to be disrespectful. I think anyone that knows me knows that I have great and high regard for the Bible. I spent my life studying it, and I spend my life teaching it to bring people into a point of greater understanding of their identity in Christ. So it's not the written words on the pages that are able to pierce deep into their hearts. It's the living Jesus who speaks to us by the activity of his spirit within us as we encounter truth that is written in the word. But God can also speak to us outside the written word. This does not mean that he's speaking something new or something different than what is already written. It just means that we're in a relationship with a living being and he can interact with us in life in such a way that speaks deeply and significantly to our hearts exposing areas where we are not abiding in the rest. In tomorrow's episode, I want to try to wrap up our discussion on rest and talk about the motives, the thoughts, and the intentions of our hearts. But for now, I want us to consider this beautiful truth that God is alive within us to speak to us in such a way that will draw us more and more into that life-giving place of rest. Be strong and courageous and love Jesus more.